0: Everybody, this is Kimberly, and this is Katie, and you're listening to a date with Dateline. And I just chewed a bunch of chocolate-covered espresso beans, and probably had too many. So in about 20 minutes, you're going to see a Woo! spike in energy. We have a couple announcements that Katie probably doesn't know about. I might. You're not going to do any announcement noise. Bing, bing, bing. Okay, thank you. This episode, <laughs> this episode was a doozy, and we're gonna break it up into two i knew about that one release part two on friday yeah second thing few people have told me that they missed the twitter segment and so i we are gonna do twitter but it's gonna be on friday it's gonna be in the second part of this episode also send me funny tweets because it takes hours to go through the thousands of dateline tweets so you could help me out guys so you can be a part of
1: this podcast by sending the funny tweets.
0: The third thing. Our podcast, A Date with the Bake, which is our second podcast about Great British Bake Off, is winding down. But it's not too late to join us. It's really fun. And we each only have a couple team. I only have one team member left.
1: Me too. Um, Me too. But
0: yeah, but it's really fun. So check us out. It's on podcast feeds. Follow us on Instagram, A Date with the Bake. Second,
1: third, third. fourth.
0: A, this is item number C, is if you're looking for holiday gifts, we have merch and we have great new merch. Edward has created so much good stuff for us. And we donate monthly to a different charity. And the month of November is the Poly Class Foundation, which is for missing and exploited children. So great gift for listeners of the podcast or people who like Dateline. There's some just like fun Dateline shirts. And we might be
1: giving twice in December because... There have been a couple of giving organizations that have come up recently in episodes. And so we might have to hit a few in December. Yes, absolutely. So now's the time. Get your shirts. Yes.
0: Item pound is that like pound (laughs) sign, which is a hashtag, (laughs) but I'm old. Hashtag pound sign. (laughs) Hashtag pound sign. Dateline is once again stolen our thunder with a new podcast that I would like to promote called Murder and Magnolias. It is a Keith, but it is based on a classic Dateline that we did cover at the beginning of our show. It's called The Charleston Affair. And it features Nancy a woman. Named Nancy in the fluffy
1: marshmallow robe. Flushy,
0: fluffy marshmallow robe. We have a, a story about Nancy when we got to meet her. And Maybe we'll tell it on Patreon. I, we've probably already talked about it anyways. No, we I got don't to know if her. we have.
1: We'll do We'll tell it on Patreon. If you yeah, join our but Patreon it's live feed, this fabulous.
0: Month. She's the woman who was there was a hit out against her and she ended up becoming a stand up comedian. And it's a great choice for a podcast, Dateline. Good job. It's called It's murder kind in of one, w- And
1: also, I don't believe there was actually a murder.
0: There's no murder, which yeah. is amazing. So
1: yeah. I hope I didn't give too much away, but it's an incredible it's story. And Nancy story. is a great lady.
0: Yes, she is. Absolutely. We love Nancy. And then the final one is that I feel like we made an oversight. We did not mention in our Murdoch episode that there is a podcast that is like the go-to oh, for yeah. all Murdoch. And we should have mentioned them and a lot of people brought it to our attention. Apologies. Be, people have done that to us and it doesn't feel great. No, it doesn't. So we're don't sorry. mention you. And so I want to officially apologize to Mandy and everyone at the Murdoch Murder Podcasts. So because they're amazing. They're also just signed like a Hulu deal for a show about the whole thing. But they're still doing episodes because Lafitte, remember the banker Lafitte. Yes. His toes are in hot water. He's on trial right now. And so they're doing current episodes about this case and they go way deeper than the Dateline did. You guys know we don't cover like the entire situation of a we case. Covered
1: Dateline's we
0: covered Dateline's take on episode it. Yes. of it. So yeah. if you want more information, go to Murdoch Murders yes. podcast. And again, apologies for not mentioning. Yeah,
1: it. apologies. No, it was just an accident. I'm
0: It was sorry. an accident. I thought we yeah. had mentioned them in the first episode we did on Murdoch last year, but maybe we didn't. I know I made a post about it because so many people wrote us after the last episode. But a post is so not I enough. So st- we have to say it. We're mistake. saying it loud
1: and proud. Please yeah. go check them out. Yeah, that was not one podcast to another. We should be supporting them, and we are.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So this episode, so wild, we're breaking it into two.
1: Yeah, it's just a lot of information.
0: <sighs> so many twists, so many suspects. So many like
1: Gary's and names. So that many are all D sort level Hollywood name.
0: celebrities.
1: Yeah, it was it was
0: interesting. At just one, actually. But it felt like But a, lot. a big one. A big one. Yeah. So this episode is called Trouble at Dill Creek Farm. And Katie, what did you say when you heard the title?
1: I got so excited. I told Kimberly this earlier. I was like, I knew it was gonna be a good one because it's at a farm. <laughs>
0: We love a farm. Heath episode. Bar Farm,
1: all yeah, of the all... ones with farms. Heath are Bar just Farm
0: like... is one I want to redo. It's one of our Patreons, and we still can't decide if the person did it or not.
1: If you would like to hear us agonize over that, we could possibly,
0: or just join our Patreon. It's one or of just, our yeah, join our first. Patreon. It's one of our very first Patreon episodes.
1: There, any time it's on a farm, it's usually just it's fascinating somehow or another. There's something about that setting that adds. It's like
0: boats. It's, it's like, like boat, when it's something's a on a boat. It's yeah. very specific lifestyle yeah. that we don't know, so we're fascinated by. That's why yeah. I watch these documentary shows below deck or whatever. It's like people that live a different life than me. I love it. Boat life. Boat life. Farm life. This is hashtag farm life. Yeah. So, and Wisconsin
1: farm life, which I know nothing about nothing Wisconsin. About. And immediately I heard the accent before. I had to go back and find out where they were, because I'm like, They're, that's an accent that I know.
0: Yeah. And I know it too, because my family is from minnesota and my aunt lives in milwaukee so i got oh, it oh boy
1: you're gonna do uh, it right
0: i don't know if i'm gonna do it i didn't hear it that much in this episode there's one person this episode who shouts the entire episode with some sort of accent we'll be talking about her i was on twitter i know how you guys feel i understand
1: emotion that's all i'm gonna say at this time <laughs> we'll get to it later i understand emotion i know being unable to contain emotion
0: I know, it's just, it was so prolonged. Like how did, that interview was probably like five hours. Did you, how do you have still have a voice after that? So season 31, episode nine, November 11th, 2022, hosted by the beautiful Andrea Canning. And my 27th announcement is that she has a special on Peacock, which is with Jan Broberg, who you might know as the hero survivor of the abducted in plain sight documentary oh wow we met her briefly at crime con and she was so so nice i don't know if you remember i think her booth was like right next to ours so yes
1: it was one of our first crime
0: so abducted in plain sight she was abducted twice by the same man who seduced her mother and father sexually it's the wildest story ever, and she's an amazing person. So they have that Hulu special with Anna Paquin and Colin Hanks play her parents, and it's a dramatization. What's it uh, called? It's called Friend of the Family, and I had she no helped idea. work on it. Like, she was very involved in the making of it. And then Andrea is interviewing her for a special that's like Friend of the Family behind the scenes or something like that. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's oh, on Oh, cool. Coupon. Okay. Starting the episode, finally. And we're starting with Lester Holtz in no vest and a hanky.
1: With, glasses.
0: With, gla- no glass. with, with glasses? glasses. with glass No glasses. With glasses. With Okay. At least he had glasses. I love, I can't, with he, when he has no glasses, it's so weird to me. No
1: glasses, no vest, no Lester. No what? glasses, is, no vest, no lest.
0: If he's not Lester the Vester, who is he?
1: If a man wears no vest in a forest in a
0: forest. Does, is he I still did was talking to Josh and I mentioned how hard we were on Lester for wearing a hanky and stealing his vibe, and he was laughing. So but seriously, what's going on with Lester? Has he given up the vest and switched to a hanky? That, Do you have a new stylist?
1: Mank is the hanky. What's happening? I feel like he's road testing it. I feel well, like he's testing it out for the audience.
0: I'm t- I'm the focus group, Katie. I will be a solo focus group, and I say nay to the whole thing. Did nay. you write a letter,
1: a yeah, strongly maybe. worded certified letter?
0: Yeah. Did you get it notarized? Right. I could have maybe Josh tell him because
1: you could maybe send Josh an email and have him forward it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could do but that. you're gonna
1: need me to proofread it yeah. before you send it. Yeah, because I'm gonna have to take out some strong sentences. That- do
0: I have to change our bingo cards? and take off Lester the Vester. Like, I need to know if this is a permanent change going forward. No, you
1: just don't get the square. If he's not in a vest, you don't get the square. that
0: was like a free square, because it was every episode.
1: No more. No more, friends. Oh, my God. Look, nothing in life is free. Let's move on.
0: Our victim this week, sadly, is Ken Yidis, which is spelled not like that at all, but that's how you pronounce it. He's 58 years old, and he was a gentle giant. And gentle giant is... On our extreme bingo cards, because we don't hear it very often, but when we do it, we it's do hear sp- it. special. Yeah. yeah. It makes us, it makes you know what kind of person he was. He lived on a farm in Wisconsin and everything was Shangri La until the violence came. That's what a- Andrea is very dramatic in this. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's 2006. A woman drove out of her driveway, banged on the neighbor's house to use the phone to call 911. She's crying, hysterical. We're hearing the audio. There's blood all over my husband. Then, strangely, so she talks, she says like her phone wasn't working at the house. And then she drives to another neighbor's house and begs them to call 911. So there's two 911 calls. And Hmm. this is Ken's wife, Cindy. And she's, like I said, hysterical. So the EMTs, they arrive at the house, and it is definitely a homicide. The first thing, but okay, sorry, I'm laughing because something hysterical happens. This is very sad that Ken has died. But the detectives walk into the house, and they're with Andrea, and they're showing them what they see when they first arrive. And the first thing they see is a butler in the corner. But it's not a real butler. It is a life-size statue of a vampire-esque looking.
1: Like a Nosferatu kind of. Creepy
0: butler up for Halloween. Super creepy. Scared me. Not as creepy as Janice with the new head who dis mannequin head. Yeah. This is new butler who dis that might be one of my titles <laughs> And Andrea is delighted with the butler situation. She's like riffing with the detectives, but they're very Midwest stoic about it. But she's trying to banter and she's like, so you just like you have your guns drawn and you turn around and you jump and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, it's just oh, it's a fake butler. What's happening? <laughs> and she's being really funny. And they're like, yes, that's what happened. Huh? What is uh?
1: why is the butler there?
0: Okay, so later we find out we are in late August. And then I got very upset because I love Halloween, totally a fan of Halloween. Late August is way too early to have Halloween decorations. Oh, up.
1: people are going to fight you. I, I don't, don't care. think you can say that.
0: Late I, August?
1: Look, people that love Halloween, when Halloween stuff comes out the first or second week of August, they're there. Just like how people start setting up like Christmas decorations, we're out at Halloween.
0: I feel like you have to wait for the previous holiday to stop and that would be like Labor Day.
1: Labor Day is in September. Okay.
0: That's I'm giving you almost two months.
1: I'm so sorry. I thought that August was before October.
0: (laughs) Wait, no, August is before October. No,
1: but I forgot the month of September. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so, I would like to, I would like to, for the jury, retract, Your Honor. I would like to retract everything I said before what I'm saying now. Between I,
0: this and last week's seahorse episode, what's going on in your brain? Do I have a
1: tumor? I have to go to hospital. You this have to go to hospital because okay. see, now in my defense,
0: I feel like we've all had brain farts where we forget a seahorse existed. No, or something I, I didn't forget a seahorse existed.
1: It just didn't occur to me that the boat would be a misspelling of seahorse, which is one word. Seahorse is one word. This boat was, I think people thought I didn't know what a seahorse was. And I'm like, I know what what a seahorse is. But No,
0: it sounded like you thought it was a mythical creature. You forgot that they were real.
1: I knew it. It does feel mythical because they're very cute. But at the same time, this was called the New word, sea, new word, horse.
0: Right. So right. it
1: seemed like it was a horse of the sea in a right. different manner than a seahorse So together. then I also
0: need to clarify because some people came at us and said, How do you guys not know that trucks also can have four doors? And I said, I said it
1: had four. We, we said totally it very clearly it had in four the doors. episode. And then
0: they said, Do you guys not know that they have full size four doors? And I said, Yeah, because they do,
1: but Oliver's truck is an older truck and it has a mini door. So you open the first door and then you open the little door behind it. And it's definitely that little door is nowhere near as big as the big door.
0: No, but I think people thought we didn't know the big doors existed. And that's why I said, Oh, you mean it's one of those, meaning there's something right. else. Anyways, it didn't sound like we knew. We know that the big we, doors exist. We also know that there are multiple kinds of trucks.
1: Yeah, out there. we're aware. I am picturing them in Oliver's truck, which is yeah. so old and it yeah. has this. We don't little, we teeny, just teeny, imagine the
0: situation. We don't or know. Or that kind there's of truck she no
1: had. second door and that you have to pull the seat up. Like, Because yeah. there are trucks like that too.
0: Just yeah, like there are cars know.
1: with no second door.
0: <laughs> we were just imagining the most awkward situation possible.
1: Oh, and people Which, thought the worst of us. That and people that feels thought thought bad. That we don't That know hurts. About that hurts. <laughs> so think better of us. We're not that bad. I do know about seahorses, yeah. and we know about trucks, and but I did momentarily forget <laughs> the month of September. So, do
0: you agree with me now that two months plus some, yeah, like a week, is saying. too much time?
1: I feel like Labor Day is reasonable. I am going to agree with you on that point. Good job.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. So. Ken, unfortunately, have been shot twice at close range, Mm -hmm. and it feels very personal. There is this note. So this note becomes like the Jersey Shore, who wrote the note? This note is very strange. I'll preface by saying anytime there's been a note on Dateline, it's been super suspicious and super weird. We
1: get two in this episode.
0: And we get to in this episode. It remind this one reminded me of do you remember the one that said WH word and then it said it so it said the It rhymes with boar? It rhymes with boar. Boar from Dave. And the one we contemplated was it like you're the boar from Dave's house. Or is it like, boar, comma, from Dave. Yeah. This note is from Dave. Yeah. Fr- that's a wild episode. Dave. I think it's called Scorned. Or there's the episode where the word Mac, the name Mac, is written in blood.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Uh, the writing that's on the wall. That's called Written in Blood, I think. That's a pa- the Patriot episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this note says, the it just says bisque, but the actual B word. And it... There's a knife, going through it into the bed, like you would do on a desk, really dramatically. If you had a knife, you would slam it into the wood of the desk. But do- it's into the bed, and it's on Cindy's side of the bed. It's next Is it to the through body, the
1: bed or through the pillow. So
0: Andrea keeps saying Cindy's pillow, but at the picture it looks like it's just through the comforter. So maybe the pillow was underneath. Unsure. Interesting. Okay. But it's definitely on Cindy's side and it's super next aggressive. To,
1: next to Ken's body.
0: Next. So is Ken the bisque? No. Or is the note from a bisque being like their calling card? Bisque was here. No. I'm the bisque.
1: I also thought it was spelled wrong because the knife is going straight through the T. And I was kept looking for the T and I was like, did they spell this word wrong?
0: It does look strange. It does. The lettering is very strange, strangely the, written and more on that later.
1: Yeah, the lettering is odd.
0: Yeah. So Andrea says this is something that you see in the movies. And it that's is. true. It yeah. almost feels not real. <laughs> like it doesn't actually happen in real life. Detectives wonder, though, it could Cindy's wife. Sorry, Cindy, Ken's wife, be the target. Is she the bisque? So we learn more about Dill Creek Farm, which is where we are. Also, dill is my new favorite thing. You know I love pickles, but I also now love dill on everything. It's a hundred, You do? Yeah. It's would you a hundred, eat dill pumpkin seeds? I would try them, yeah. And I love like seeds? dill pickle flavored popcorn and chips. You know, because I've always loved pickles. I drink pickle juice. Like, I do,
1: it. but I've never known to you to be like specific to dill Well, I tried things. a
0: ranch dressing when I was doing FODMAP and it had dill in it. Because That's it had good. no, it had no like FODMAP ingredients, so they added dill, and it was pretty good.
1: I like all the things you're saying except for the words FODMAP, because yeah. what is a FODMAP?
0: That's that really, really incredibly strict diet I was on for my stomach problems for six months. That's
1: called a FODMAP. Why don't they just call it a food map? No, They're making it fancy.
0: It's an acronym. So
1: for is the first word food in the mm, acronym?
0: I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. So. Dill Creek Farm is 105 acres. So finding a murder weapon is like finding a grain of garlic in a pickle jar. I don't know. Something with dill. Also, Ken owned a lot of guns. And maybe one of them is the murder weapon, but they don't even know if any are missing because there's no log of the guns and he had so many guns. Andrea asked the detectives, are there any security cameras? And the detective says, that's a great question. And I was f- at first again. Maybe this is too picky. I was proud of Andrea for asking a good question. But then I felt like, is that condescending to say to a reporter? Would he say that to a man reporter? Like such an obvious question where there cameras.
1: I think it's nice to see someone just compliment Andrea. Okay, we'll I don't take think it he was. Way. I don't think he would dare to be condescending while being taped for Dateline. I don't think. I, I don't not. think he was trying to be like, great questions, sweetie. I no, don't think it was that. But
0: there's another moment with another detective who gives a kind of sweetie vibe. Oh, sure. Set, and oh, I, I know. Didn't like that.
1: Yeah. What's Wisconsin like? I know we have some li- Wisconsin listeners. Yeah. I've never spent any time there.
0: I've only spent a very little amount of time there, like a few days.
1: Okay. I have some questions about Wisconsin. All right. So, not that this has anything to do. Also, did you say that his farm was 105 acres? Yes. That's insanely big. I know. This house is also beautiful. insanely big. The yeah. house that they keep showing, the shots, are like incredible, huh? hmm Wow. So awesome. they
0: did have a couple of outdoor cameras, but there's no footage of that night. And they make it sound like it's missing, but we learn later on that the cameras just weren't on. So hmm. Ken's family... Is amazing. And we first meet his sister, Lori, in Washington. She finds out that he was killed. She's lovely, and she becomes a major part of the story. Yes. Then we meet Margaret, Ken's mother. And remember last week, maybe it was last week, how I was telling everyone you should really watch the the behind-the-scenes datelines, like the whole watermelon festival thing? And they do behind-the-scenes things that they put on social media and in their newsletter? There's one on Margaret that I had seen before this episode, so when Margaret oh. came up, I was just so excited. The mom. So the whole thing is like Andrea and Margaret fully becoming best friends. Oh. And Margaret is an elderly woman, and she's vi- she looks amazing. She's super active and she's feisty, and she we see her like you know moving around the farm and putting. F- bird feed Uh in a bird feeder. And Andrea's like, you look amazing for your age. How do you do it? And she says, it's just clean living. And I've never smoked. And, you know, we grew up eating a lot of vegetables from the farm. It's so cute. And then that dateline puts up on the screen, if you think you've guessed how old Margaret is, you're probably wrong. And then they show a picture of her with a huge giant birthday balloon. And it says she just turned 104. And it's so amazing. And Andrea keeps pressing her, We want your secrets. We want your secrets. And she's just like, I don't know. It's just natural. Yeah. Nothing. She she's doesn't a, look
1: 104. I'm going to say that. Yeah.
0: 75?
1: Yeah. She like stopped at 80 max. Yes. It's, she looks great. It's
0: Love, great. obsessed with Margaret. Yeah. So a pastor and a police officer have to give her the news. And it's just so sad. And then she really has to sad. go tell Ken's dad her husband, who's in a nursing home, that Ken has been murdered. So Ken was an athlete. He was a good student. He worked at McDonald's in high school. Lori says he also had a great party life. And he was the first (laughs) in his family to go to college. He became a pharmacist, which is very impressive and hard to do. Because we have a friend who went to pharmacy school, and she said it was very difficult. Yeah. He was the mom's favorite. He was Margaret's favorite. You're like, don't pick a favorite, Mickey don't
1: don't do don't, it don't, don't you do it
0: don't you do it he was the shining star of the family and then dateline twitter on the screen they have like twitter prompts. they better questions. not have
1: asked it asked, who asked is it. the
0: shining star in your family and i was like Date all like, of you, us they Stop causing to, fight you're stirring up
1: shib we are in november you don't ask any questions like that around this time of year when people, are go- when people could possibly remember and be sitting
0: With around a the Thanksgiving
1: carving table a turkey. and saying, I would like to go around the table and see who everybody thinks is the shining star in this family. <laughs> see don't, what happens.
0: Don't ask that. It's just
1: bloody. It's going to create more datelines.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes, Maybe that's what they want. Bad. Maybe that's their purpose. <gasps> they need more content diabolical yeah so ken brought bought a farm nearby his parents he married his first wife betty who appears on dateline so that's interesting that is and interesting
1: i was immediately like huh
0: betty's on dateline? going huh Yeah. so they built this beautiful barn and this farmhouse it's just the whole thing is magical. Is Lori at the barn
1: is that the barn barn so. in wisconsin yes because this barn is is like a luxury barn. It's I've incredible. never seen anything like it's like a photo shoot.
0: Yes, barn. Yeah. You know, they could have make so much money renting it out for events, for weddings, rustic weddings and stuff.
1: I mean, they could make so much money just using it in shots in movie when they're yes. filming in a studio, but they need an exterior of a barn. Yes, that's the barn. Yes, it's unbelievable.
0: So they created this wonderful life for their family. They collected sap from the trees for maple syrup. They had horses pulling wagons in parades. Just this idyllic hashtag farm life that I don't know anything about that's magical. They had fresh vegetables and they're all going to live to be 140 like Margaret. I can't promise that fresh veggies will make you live forever. And HelloFresh certainly cannot claim that. But they can claim to deliver to your door... Farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients. So if you've ever been super jelly that you didn't grow up, hashtag farm life, which I am, hands raised, super jelly. You can now have farm fresh food in your hashtag city life. Love it. HelloFresh sends easy to prepare meals that are quick and 30% less expensive than the grocery store. HelloFresh has 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, 10 minute lunches. With all this extra time that I'm saving, I think I'm just going to follow Margaret around and copy her every move yeah. because I want to live to her age. Seems great. My downfall lately has been takeout. I've just been wanting someone to come to my house and just bring me a package of food. But I'm trying to be more of an adult, and adult myself.
1: Also, HelloFresh does that. I think they come and bring packages of food.
0: They do, but then you cook it.
1: Yeah, so it's true.
0: I'm trying to do better and cook my meals myself. Yeah. And they make it so easy for a lazy Liza like me. They have easy prep meals, easy cleanup meals. The best is when it's both. It's like this perfect storm of easiness. Yeah. There's one that's the one pot Italian vegetable soup with kale, couscous and garlic bread.
1: Mm.
0: How good is that? And I may have mentioned that now that it's in the low 70s here. I am in full-on soup mode all the time.
1: Yeah, Soup days are here again.
0: Also, HelloFresh now has vegan recipes, and that's my goal, to be as plant-based as possible. And these recipes are so delicious. Last thing I do want to say, the holidays are coming up, and I think HelloFresh would be such a good gift for people who are really busy. It takes one thing off their plate, and that's such a gift to give to someone for the holidays. Yeah. It takes more than one thing. It takes their grocery shopping off their plate, their meal planning off their plate. Yep. Such a good gift. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline 65 and use code Dateline 65 for 65% off Ooh. plus free shipping. Ooh. That's HelloFresh.com slash Dateline65 and use code Dateline65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Why haven't you tried HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit? Ring, ring. What's your problem? Why haven't you done it yet? (laughs)
1: Ring, ring. Pick up. Pick up.
0: (laughs) Get in (laughs) just enough.
1: Just enough. Soup in the city.
0: (laughs) Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. So... We meet Betty, who is Ken's ex-wife. They were married for 20 years, and they just drifted apart. It doesn't seem like it was that... It was pretty amicable. He asked Eh. her for a divorce. Well, kind of. He asked her for a divorce. There was no, like, cheating, but he was... They just kind of fell out of love and had different interests, she said. That's so
1: sad to me. When I... When that... It's not, like, this big explosion. It's just, like, this sad sort of disintegration.
0: Yes, we actually have a sponsor that might be a sponsor. I hope we get it. And it's a cool thing for couples that kind of helps you keep your relationship like alive, kind of. So Spark, you sparks. 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 You gotta keep working. You have to work on a relationship. Yeah. So and that's hard when you have kids and are very busy. Um Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh can save your marriage. There you go. Uh, they had three, right? They had three kids, I think. That's yeah. That's a lot. So he kept the farm. And they had joint custody of the kids. How
1: old were the kids when they got divorced?
0: I would say... Older. Early teens to mid-teens. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: So they were still like a custody arrangement, but everybody was almost gone.
0: Yes. Okay. They have one that is was probably 13, if I'm doing the math right. Okay. When they got divorced. So he met Cindy a few years later. He introduced her to Betty, his ex. And Betty thought she seemed nice. And his mom, Margaret, thought she seemed very nice. Then we meet Pam, Cindy, who's his wife, her sister, Pam.
1: Pam comes on the scene.
0: Pam changes the game. And we'll never be the same since Pam started yelling at us and Andrea Kenny.
1: <laughs> Pam is mad at us.
0: Pam... Just doesn't know how to use indoor voice. And she's super emphatic. So everything she says is like she's screaming at you. And she's talking to Andrea Canning. I don't know if she
1: knows she's doing it.
0: I think it's just her way of speaking.
1: I think she's Um, very passionate about this topic, which I get. Because I might do the same thing if I was coming on. But it is interesting at the beginning because you don't know why it's happening. Right. You're like, what? What's going on, Pam? Right. Because first you
0: just think, well, why is she so upset? Why is Cindy's sister even here? I'm sorry. I thought
1: Cindy was about to also get killed.
0: Right. Because I thought there was going to be another murder. Yeah. It's like,
1: oh, no, no, yeah. what's
0: going on with Pam? So okay. again, like, t- I totally get why Pam is like this. But if you want to convince people of your side, you have to work on your delivery. We say it about lawyers sometimes if their demeanor. Yeah. Unfortunately, because she has a position that she is trying to um, yeah, make she people does. see. And it's not working. So with all kindness, Pam, there are th- some things you could do.
1: Were talk. people mean to her on Twitter?
0: Yeah. You guys... She's some going of them were just funny, but some of them were, like, <laughs> outright mean.
1: I hope she didn't read it.
0: I don't think she's on Twitter.
1: I really hope not. I really yeah. hope not because she's – it's hard to convince someone if they're sure of something. Do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, very, very difficult. So very, yeah. being mean is not going to yeah. help. No. But so, I I feel bad for – there's just – yeah, it's rough.
0: She says it didn't matter what Cindy was wearing or what she looked like, that was his beautiful. Ken always called her his beautiful. So it's very sweet.
1: That was adorable. Yes.
0: And then we even get a phone call that a uh, voicemail he left a few days before the murder where he called her beautiful. And we're also seeing this B roll of those old school, because it's 2006. What is it called? Like a phone message? Recorder? An answering machine? An answer- I couldn't think of the word. Answering machine. I kept thinking voice something, but there's no, it's not voice something. Answering machine. So, police need to speak to wife Cindy, and she is out of it. She is yeah. on drugs.
1: I mean, someone's been giving, she, It's she's calmed she herself. Been on,
0: she's on medication, and I think she's been given some sedatives yeah absolutely she first of all doesn't know that her husband is dead she says where is my husband
1: oh god
0: and so they don't tell her yet that he's gone and they just ask what happened and she says well the night before she had a headache she had had this migraine for days and she couldn't sleep someone on twitter was very feisty and seems to be in the different camp than the dateline narrative is you, there's always one who like doesn't have a profile picture on twitter but they like know all this inside information because they're from that town and they say date. her i we're that whole time people are like which person are you are you pam is this pam
1: so pam is on twitter you lied Maybe to me it
0: was on twitter okay. um so she but they say she had a sinus infection and that's the and dateline misreported by saying she had a headache, she had a headache from a sinus infection. I think is a sinus what infection
1: gives you a horrible headache. It, it does. gives I you a have migraine them all the
0: time. Yeah, so she is still groggy from How this is medication. That
1: misreporting. I'm so sorry. I just yeah. don't. Okay. Yeah.
0: So apparently, she says that the phone rings too much at the house when Ken is on call, even at night. I did not know that pharmacists were on call.
1: Thank God. I honestly just thought I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. That pharmacists were on call and I just didn't know about it. But now this is a smaller town, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, there might be emergency. If you don't have a 24-hour pharmacy, it makes sense. Like a CVS that's 24 hours, you wouldn't need a pharmacist on call because there's always one there. But maybe in a small town, you do need a pharmacist in the middle of the night in case of emergency. Okay kind of makes sense to me that
1: does make sense i'm sure yeah. someone will explain
0: it to us yeah just please do it nicely so he suggested because she can't sleep and the phone rings and she has this headache slash science mm-hmm. infection mm-hmm. that she rest outside in the duckling which is a camper like a trailer camper that is painted they say to look like harley davidson it's it's a black and red like black with red stripes around it
1: i didn't notice that it was black to me it looked gray in the light on i don't no, it's know it's black i was surprised when they said harley davidson because it didn't strike me when i first saw the duckling i just thought it was like interestingly painted it wasn't the normal color of a oh 100 yeah
0: you would never look at it and say oh they nailed the harley davidson look but at least they're trying
1: <laughs> i was just disappointed that it wouldn't be painted yellow
0: like a duck Like, why do you call it the duckling? Wouldn't it be yellow and orange? Yeah, yellow with an orange beak.
1: Yeah, yellow with an orange stripe.
0: So adorable.
1: Was it yellow and they painted it black?
0: Maybe. That's why they called it the duckling. I don't know.
1: Because it's a real shame if they do not come in yellow. Yeah. I'm just going to...
0: I think that's not the name of the kind of trailer. I think they called it that as a nickname. But I could be wrong. So... And I should know because I'm obsessed with van life. And I know. I'm really surprised you don't life. know more
1: about. Well, this. if
0: I know a lot, it like about teardrops, but I don't know about these bigger trailers. Katie's going to Google it.
1: So, oh yeah, no, it's a thing.
0: Oh, it's called a duckling.
1: It's called the Mallard Duckling Camper.
0: Wow. So, so Mallard must it. be a
1: blue duck campers. Yeah, it's yeah 1969 Mallard Duckling Camper.
0: Remember. When Dwight gives Jim the recording device that's in the mallard. Oh, yeah. So funny. So she slept there that night with the sleep meds. So she's like completely knocked out. Right. The next morning, she finds Ken in the house and she says he was a weird color. She's oh. very out of it. She said she all she could hear was screaming. Oh. And she later realized that it was her screaming.
1: That made my stomach hurt. Yes. Rough horrific.
0: So she tries the phone, but it wouldn't work for some reason. She does say, I wish I had given him CPR because she had been recently certified in CPR, but she doesn't. She goes to the neighbor's house. Now, she is so out of it at this point. I think she's been given more medication. But if she is any sort of this out of it, I don't like her driving (laughs) to all of these neighbor's houses. Doesn't seem safe.
1: I don't think she's... No, I think that I think it's one of those things where you kind of like don't even know what you're doing. And so you're just autopiloting it. Does right. That make sense. You may why...
0: fluctuate between shock that makes you drowsy and shock that makes you frantic and focused.
1: I have a pretty strong feeling she didn't know how to work the phone is what That's happened. Pa- with But the she phone. knew how
0: to work a car.
1: She stared at the numbers and was like, what's the number but knew how to turn a key in a car. I don't know. I okay. think also the neighbors. This is dirt roads. This is yeah in the woods, right? So or yeah. in the whatever it's land. Yeah. So she's go. So she's going to just the houses are widespread. She probably just drove across the field. Honestly, yeah, the- she could have. We don't know. We don't. I mean, but I don't think that that was on her mind. Was like this is not safe for me to drive. It was yeah. emergency. Get the phone. So
0: they finally tell her that Ken has passed away. And she's very upset. Her sister Pam goes to take care of her and said she was like hollow looking. And apparently she said, they butchered my Kenny, which is very strange. Weird language.
1: Okay, I'm going to just bring up something. It might be a little morbid about this, but he was shot twice in the head. Yeah. I think that's probably the reason she didn't give him CPR.
0: Yeah, that's possible.
1: I don't know what that was like what that situation was so yeah and if he
0: was already dead he was a weird color i don't know what that means i think she probably registered immediately
1: that he was dead and then later couldn't remember exactly what he looked like so she's like Mm -hmm. maybe he's okay maybe i just saw something that wasn't apt Mm -hmm. i think her gut instinct told her at the time don't do cpr and then goes away
0: the thing that's weird about that a butchered is strange that to me says well, maybe she saw the knife and assumed he was killed with a knife. But the they is very interesting. It's
1: that's interesting. It
0: is like she knows who did it, and it's a group of people or a non-binary person, oh. and. Yeah. If I wouldn't. Who would? I wouldn't say. I would say someone killed. If I know who it is, I would say they did it. You would also say it if you it.
1: suspected. You knew if you mm-hmm. knew he was having trouble with a group of people, then yeah. you would say they. But why didn't the police pick up on that?
0: The police don't pick up on a lot of things, which is why this case is it's a two-parter. Line in 2022, when the case happened in 2006. So more on that later. Mm. So the next day, Pam heard about the note, and she immediately thinks that they came to kill Cindy. And again, I'm like, who is they? So but we're going to get to the they. But they think Cindy was the target. However, there's no signs of a break in. And the people who had access to the farmhouse that wouldn't need to break in, there's a lot of them. And the scariest part is that it's a group of teenagers. (laughs) We have, a, we have Katie's oh, worst nightmare. No.
1: Yeah, this is not... There's a
0: group of teenage boys. Because Cindy and Ken had taken in foster boys over the years, which is amazing. I'd That's like not to my say. nightmare. No, but these boys all had difficult and violent pasts. So you know they're making fun of Katie and her Monster Energy drink.
1: I know they which... are. I'm not. I have. I've moved on to the Coca-Cola dream world. Limited edition, dream yeah, flavored you can't, soda. Don't
0: get hooked on it. It's limited edition. It's. I will find a way.
1: Love finds a way. Okay, <laughs> here we go. I yeah. think kudos. One, number it's a one,
0: wonderful thing
1: for them to also take in teenagers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Foster teenagers is a special kind of person.
0: I know a couple that does that regularly. It's they incredible. Have foster it's, kids living with them.
1: It's really. It's. It can be heartbreaking. It's yes. Just. It's so. Important, it's really cool. Good for them.
0: Well, they had had a history of issues with the boys that had been living with them. Mm-hmm. One had they had reported a sexual assault. they don't give us any more details about that. One of the kids had taken a knife to school and got in trouble for that oh, and boy. then Cindy reported one of the boys for threatening her. Oh, so boy. detectives go and talk to the troubled youths and there were two living at the house. But neither of them were there that night. And where were they, you ask? One was in a treatment facility and one was in a detention center. So
1: hmm.
0: they both have alibis, the ones that were currently living in the house. Hmm. So they might be, just be bows and not killers. Yeah. So Cindy was terrified that she was in danger. She puts up new security at the house and she told her sister, Pam, if they kill me, I'll be with Ken.
1: Oh, so detectives. Wait. Yeah, I need to ask a really important question now. Because yeah, because this sort of the security that was not done that day or people that had access to the house, there being no sign of a break in. Right. Why would you lock the doors if she's sleeping outside in the duckling?
0: Well, Ken was inside.
1: Right. But if your wife was sitting sleeping right outside, you'd leave the doors unlocked so she could come in. Mm,
0: maybe she has a key in the duckling.
1: If you were at my house. And staying right outside, I would leave that door unlocked so you could come into the house if you needed to get something. I would not lock the door on you. So in this circumstance, it makes sense.
0: We do hear later, though, that Ken was super paranoid about locking the doors.
1: We also think he liked her very much. So I think he would probably try to make things easier on her. I just never hear that said throughout this. So I'm like, why? He probably wouldn't lock that door. Maybe he locked other doors, but not that one. The one where the duckling was.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. That's just my uh, thought.
0: So we get we'll dive more into that. Detectives go to see Cindy, and they notice that. So, if you already had feelings about Cindy, maybe you were ambivalent about Cindy. It's about to get a lot more complicated with Cindy. Side note: We love Cindy Boxer, who is one of our nearest and dearest OG listeners. And we certainly do. But this is no reflection on her. No, absolutely. Also, not. Pam is no reflection on our amazing listener Pam. So.
1: Oh, Pam, you've had it rough lately, haven't you?
0: So sorry, Pam. Sorry,
1: I'm not talking about anything personal. I'm literally talking about your name. Yeah, just we've had we're talking Hupp, about Pam Hupp. And now we've got... Um,
0: but this so Pam
1: is fine. This, this Pam did Pam not is do, anything just, she do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. She's feeling upset.
0: She's emphatic. Yeah. So they go to see Cindy, and they notice that all of the photos of Ken's biological children have been taken off the wall. And then... Sister Pam says, Cindy took them off the wall and she spit on them. Spat, I guess. After he died? Sorry? After he died? After Ken died? After Ken died, she took all of the photos down and spit on them because she hates his children. This is when we find out the deep family feud. Right. She blames the kids for this. She thinks one of the kids killed Ken.
1: Which would make sense why she's spitting on the pictures.
0: Right. She says, I think one of the kids did it because they call me the bisque, except they say the actual word. That's like her nickname in the family.
1: Yeah. She's a stepmom and they're teenagers.
0: It started off good. It got it bad. It always does. <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. I just think if you have a nickname that's that bad. It's pretty bad. Part of it, the problem might be you.
1: Oh, yeah, that's hard. So
0: he had four kids. Sorry, I said three before. He had four kids from his marriage with Betty, ages 16 to 23. And Mm -hmm. Cindy thinks it was the youngest one, Alex, the 16-year-old. Alex was angry about the divorce, and he had apparently told someone he was so angry he could kill them. And Cindy said he would steal guns and ammo from the house. And one of the kind of guns he stole, I think he only stole one gun. It was the same kind that was used on Ken. Right. So Andrea says to the detectives, do you think Alex could have left the bisque note on the bed? She says the bisque note. Mm -hmm. She says, but she says the actual word. It's always weird when Andrea cusses. So (laughs) then there's another son, Noah. And he and Cindy had an okay relationship. She gave him a car or let him use a car when he was going to college. But then he tried to, and this is Cindy's version of the story, he tried to get the papers changed to put the car in his name. And Cindy got so mad that she was trying to get the car, take the car back from him. So they had a feud. Hmm. Is that worth killing over? I don't know. So Hmm. police go to see ex-wife Betty and the kids and talks to all of them. Betty says she didn't know her kids to be that rude or to use that word when referring to Cindy. But again, they are teenagers, and that means they're basically pimply demons with hormones flowing through their bodies like lava. So it's totally possible that they used words like that.
1: Yeah, and that you also that you maybe didn't know about it or heard it once and thought you shut it down and you certainly did not shut it down.
0: No parent should say I don't I know everything that my teenager is doing and say because it's not true. No, you don't. Sweet Betty, though, the ex-wife, who does seem very sweet, she might also be a suspect. She and Ken were in court of, over the youngest Alex's custody and some money stuff. Hmm. Like child, what's it called?
1: Not alimony. Not we're child just, protection.
0: We're just staring at each other because think of the word. That, those caffeine pills have not kicked in yet.
1: Child, that's not a caffeine pill. That's a bean.
0: Sorry, um, it's a t- espresso caffeine. It says caffeine pills. Child support, child support. Child support. That can't be too much.
1: We can't have. And screaming. We've had a couple already this episode. We had September. one of those days. And then we've had, yeah, it's not good.
0: So after the hearing, Cindy said, Well, I heard Betty say at court that everything would be better if Ken were dead. So she's now trying to throw Betty under the bus. And Andrea asks Betty, and Betty says, that sounds like something Cindy would say.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, burn.
1: And she says and it in a really nice way, too. She, she does. She's so yeah, nice. She's very nice. She goes, oh, that you sounds know, like something Cindy would say. That's something Cindy would say.
0: <sighs> I never said that. And so police are able to clear Betty. She does admit that things were strained with 16-year-old Alex. Two years before, Betty had taken Alex over for his week. With his dad. He would go spend weeks on the farm with his dad and he loved it. When they get there to drop him off, there are two big garbage bags on the curb and Cindy comes out and says, Alex, you're no longer welcome here. I packed up your stuff. You live with your mom now. Why is he no longer
1: welcome there?
0: What the fink? What happened? Andrea is horrified. Yeah, that a stepmother bad. would do that. Well, maybe it was the gun thing. Maybe she had a reason. But to me, it sounds horrible. Also, why are they taking in troubled, violent foster kids, but kicking out his own son?
1: There better be a huge reason that we're not being told. And I'm sure the the person that was not Pam, but maybe Pam on Twitter, know why that had happened.
0: No, I don't think so. But okay. I could go look. The secret it, anonymous No. you. Yeah, photo person. I
1: I am thinking that also, Pam probably did tell Dateline about that, or maybe didn't to protect Alex. I have a feeling. I'm so sorry. It feels like drugs. I don't know, but right. But again,
0: they're taking in willingly foster kids who do drugs and are violent. But this is some sort of disrespect. This is something.
1: Something happened here that was big. The problem is why isn't Kenny there?
0: Ken, supporting his son, why is he letting Cindy kick out his only underage child?
1: Or at the very least, why isn't he taking his son for a drive and being like, we don't think it's good that you live with us anymore. This and this happened. You know, you did this really bad prank or whatever, whatever it was that was this issue that caused this. Yeah, just hearing this one part of it. It's real real bad Sound The bags on the curb. Yeah, it's really bad. Especially because he's what? Maybe 14 when that happened? Yeah. 15? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know.
0: So Betty says Alex was confused and hurt, but he definitely wasn't a killer. He loved his dad. And Alex says he never stole guns and he never said he would kill them, that Cindy is making up stories about him. He says that night he was at home with two of the siblings and the mom. So he has an alibi at home. Police clear him. The other son Noah that had the car that was fighting with Cindy was out of state in Minnesota. Minnesota is very close to Wisconsin though. But he apparently has an alibi and they clear him. So now they have no one. Ken's other strained relationship was at a place called Monster Hall. <laughs> I can't do it. Rum. I can't do it. It's just it hurts sad. my throat. So it's a raceway. It's a racetrack, and he is part owner of it. But there was a business deal that was about to veer way off track. Oh
1: boy! Did you do that, or did Andrews... no? The day line did that. Oh, okay, okay.
0: So I'm not that clever. So. He loved the racetrack. He would hang out there. He loved to be like Mr. Racetrack guy and talk to all the people and stuff. And the name Monster Hall was apparently a nod to the old show, The Munsters. Butch Patrick, who played Eddie Munster, the Extreme Widow's Peak, you might remember from the old. It's an old show, black and white, for anyone that's very young. Does it go? <laughs> <speaking> I never watched it. I think... I wasn't alive. That's what I'm saying. Was the Munsters the 99 cent store version of the Adams family? Yeah. Okay.
1: They all look exactly the same. No, but I think Munsters may have been first.
0: But was it as po- was it as popular?
1: I think the Adams family was based on the Munsters. I don't know.
0: I don't think that like Adam Family got a lot of spinoffs. They've had movies in the past, and I think has more of a following. I would say than the monsters. Well, because the movies, the oh, monsters never the movies.
1: got movies, but it's all the same kind of characters. Morticia looks like the wife in the monsters.
0: Yeah. What is that face you're making?
1: This is going to blow your mind. Yeah. The Adams family debuted f- its first episode on ABC September eighteenth, nineteen sixty four. The Munsters followed on CBS on September 24th, 1964. (gasps) Wow. After shooting a pilot presentation in March, probably just after the Munsters shot, the Adams family got there first by a week.
0: That's crazy. That's well, crazy. it always happens like that in Hollywood. There's always multiple scripts going around about the same thing, and it's whoever can get it out first. Wow. Like, you know, the eye candy movie is that what it's called? No, I think it's just called Candy. I think I confuse iCarly with Candy. You know, the one with Jessica Beale, there's like another one about that story that came oh, out is? like a few months after. Oh, but no,
1: like, on Candy what? had
0: already done it with Jessica Biel. and so oh, no. it's hard, you know, and there were two Fire Festival documentaries going on at the exact same time well
1: there's the two on nexium there's yeah. the vow and then seduced yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so
0: it always happens like that so okay. i'm not surprised i'm so, surprised
1: that it's this close the it's, monsters in the adams close. family very much mirror certain characters yeah. yeah and i
0: would think they would just split their audience but i don't know if they, they probably weren't on the same night and people mm. did not have rec- like vcrs then so okay so at this point we find out butch patrick no one knows his name, who played Eddie Munster, he would come to the racetrack to sign autographs. At this point, everyone on Twitter got very upset because Dateline had kind of said that he was part of the story, I think, in some of the promos, or maybe at the beginning. They say was at like, the beginning. At the beginning. So everyone's like, was that it? Are you kidding me? That's it? With Have the, a little Eddie faith, Munster? folks. Have faith that he's going to become an important part of the story. It's not just that he was there to sit, sign autographs, but also, why is he there to sign autographs? This is so, a two...
1: Yeah, n- that's a better question. Also, this is a two-hour episode.
0: Just yeah. hang in there. Yeah. So... The racetrack had turned into a money pit, another one of my favorite movies. also, have we talked about it recently? Did that age well do it? I hope they don't destroy it. Yeah. The racetrack had turned into a money pit, and Ken had encouraged his friend and fellow pharmacist Ed. Ed needs his own show. We're going to talk about Ed. He had encouraged Ed to invest. And he felt very guilty because he got his friend into this business and now it was tanking. So he felt super guilty and it was causing a rift between Ed and Ken. Also, Cindy's sister Pam said that the reason there was another rift between Ed and Ken is because before Cindy came into the picture, Ken and Ed would go to Vegas and get the lap dances. And that stopped when my sister came along. And so Ed was pissed that they weren't going to Vegas and partying. And Andrea says, so it was bye-bye, naked ladies. Hmm. And I died. Andrea's had to say the bisque word. Now she's talking about naked ladies. Bye-bye, naked ladies. Sounds like a Backstreet Boys song. And also sounds like the bare naked ladies. I love it. Is that a pharmacist thing? Bye-bye, naked ladies. (laughs) No, just naked, just. I just, bye, I, bye, bye, naked ladies. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I can't see that. So I apparently just... Pharmacist Party, or these two did, a ton in Vegas. And Ed was upset that once Ken got married, there was no more partying. And it was bye-bye, naked ladies. Now, the surest way to say bye-bye, naked ladies, is to be a bad environmentalist. Because ladies, naked and clothed, love a guy who's into climate change, activism. Yeah. Introducing Lomi.
1: Not creating climate change. Sorry, activism. <laughs> it's important.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that are super into climate change and are against it. There we go. I am soil glad that I discovered Lomi. That joke is not going anywhere. No, it's not. No, it's composting not. is easy if you live on a farm. Hashtag farm life, and you can garden all year long, like Margaret. What are you supposed to do if you live in the hellscape that is a Los Angeles apartment? Just kidding. I love my apartment, but I can't compost here. It's not going to happen. My landlord would not approve of the smell and the flies coming out of my composting bin. He is very picky. Yeah. And he just pops up all the time. Just yeah. looking at things. Mm-hmm. Introducing Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with the push of a button inside my kitchen. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. I am on a constant quest to eat more fruits and vegetables. And what that means is a lot of aspirational grocery shopping. And by that, I mean, you really think you're going to eat all the fruits and vegetables that you're buying, and you have the best of intentions to eat the fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. You don't always eat them. And then you feel this horrible Eco-guilt, where you know that food waste makes up a huge portion of your own personal carbon footprint. Right. And also you have stinky garbage. Yeah, My Lomi recently turned my limp celery and dry carrots, you mm. know when they get like white?
1: Yeah. Oh, and I know exactly so what sad, you're talking the about. Yeah, the, especially when the little babies turn white.
0: Aww, and what you just to feel them? so badly.
1: Yeah.
0: My Lomi turned that into this beautiful soil. And you know I've talked about the clean plate club and that's a lifelong habit I'm trying to break. Mm -hmm. I have stopped eating things that I was not enjoying anymore like stale pizza crusts and gross pasta salad and things that I would just finish just to finish even though I'm not – I'm full and I'm not enjoying it anymore. But now I think I can just put this in my loamy and it'll take care of it and I'll get – beautiful soil that I can put in my plant holders instead of overflowing my trash bin with smelly foods that go to a landfill where they produce methane and they're bad for the environment. I've noticed a significant drop in the amount of trash that I have every week. That's amazing. It's made me more mindful too about my waste. Yeah. If you want to start making positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, yeah, you just scrape it right into the Lomi. Lomi is perfect for you. Head to lomi.com slash date dateline and use the promo code date dateline to get $50 off your Lomi. Wow. That's $50 off when you head to com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Food waste is gross. Lomi is the solution, and with the holidays around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. Choo-choo. Lomi train is coming around. All (laughs) aboard. Next stop, compost. (laughs) Love it. Thank you, Lomi. Thank you, Lomi. Katie, ladies also love men who take care of their hair. Ed is doing something to attract the ladies in Vegas. Yeah. I have to guess it might be pros.
1: I think the ladies in Vegas are also doing things to attract Ed, and I think Um, that's pros mm -hmm. as well. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, use pros today, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I am still seeing since I started using my customized pros products. Thanks to my Pro's custom hair care, my hair is smoother, it is softer, it is stronger, and my breakage has improved. I used a customized shampoo and conditioner, a pre-shampoo mask once a week, and their hair oil. And can I just say, I added my hair oil the other morning because I was between washings and it helps keep my ends hydrated when I Mm. use the oil between. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying not to wash my hair as much because I've heard that that's sort of something you're supposed to do. And so this hair oil really, really helps. So you use the dry shampoo at the top, which Pros also customizes for I
0: love their dry shampoo.
1: It's amazing.
0: It's really good.
1: And then you use the oil at the ends to keep them, for me, it helps keep it hydrated. So it just smelled so, so good. Yes, when I put it on, it was great, and especially after you know a couple of days with no washing, it's nice to have your hair smell nice. Mm-hmm. I just love all the scents that Prose has, and there's really something for everyone. Gardenia and sandalwood, like me, I use sort of a musky scent, but they also have aromatic, floral, powder, fresh scents. Just I've been every trying option. to figure
0: out what my scent is for the past two months or so. It has something maybe cinnamony in it. It's amazing, but yeah. I can't put my finger on it.
1: It's like nothing that you can buy at the store let me just say that and pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type or your preferred scent pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz which is how kimberly got started and how i got started they ask you questions like what's your zip code what are your eating habits what how much do you exercise but then they also ask you very specific hair questions like what's your damage level To which I always say, how dare you? Next question.
0: My therapist asks me that same question every week.
1: It's not fair.
0: By analyzing over 85
1: personal factors, Prose determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns for your exact hair. Pros also has a review and refine feature that lets you tweak your formulas for any reason, like a change of address, change of hair color or diet. I have recently added pink into my usually very platinum hair. So I will be tweaking my formula the next time I order to include that change. So the pros at pros Mm -hmm. can make sure that I still have the best formula for me. And as a carbon neutral certified B Corp, pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. And they are also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. Yes! Woo-hoo! And if you're not 100% positive that Prose is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no question asked. You can't go wrong. Pros no. is the healthy hair care regimen with your name literally all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to proscom slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Hark how the bells, sweet summer bells all seem to say, try pros today. Ding, dong, try pros. Ding, dong, try pros. Thank you so much, pros. Thank
0: you, pros.
1: And happy holidays.
0: So police want to talk to Ed, obviously. Ed is the pharmacist that has a beef with his fellow pharmacist, Ken. And Ken says he has an alibi. His alibi might be the best one of all. He was at home with his girlfriend who is an exotic dancer and her friend who is also an exotic dancer from Vegas. They moved in with him. Now, the thing about Ed is
1: I need you to dis- I need you to describe Ed in detail.
0: Ed is an older gentleman. He is a size beautiful gentleman. He is has white hair. He has red face. His one eye doesn't really open all the way, which makes me concerned that he might handle my pharmacy prescriptions. I don't think he should have access to pills. I How is he getting these exotic dancers?
1: It's a rough conversation. And I feel like Dateline... Did Dateline bring on a Twitter question at that point? What do no. you think of Ed? <laughs> what do you think of Ed? What do you think uh, of Ed being a pharmacist? Because I if, believe he's doing his interview in his white lab coat, right?
0: He is, and his B-roll is all sorting pills. And again, I, I one eye barely like opens.
1: Right. I don't feel like that's right. He there was looks a time, stoned. And he's not really awake He's in the interview. He's, and again, he's pharmacy, about 30% awake.
0: Pharmacy – is so I'm on a lot of medications and they could all conf- conflict each other at any time. And if I was given a mistake by the pharmacy, I could die. So I don't want Ed in charge of my medications.
1: Uh, he's helping customers in the B roll. I have it like underlined and highlighted. Did
0: you look at up his Yelp stuff? No. <laughs> Are there Yelp? Yeah, I'm sure there's Yelp reviews for pharmacies. If
1: you watch the episode, you'll know what we're talking about. There's something that's like, oh, you're still a pharmacist, and yeah, it's sort how- of oh. It's is, just surprising because yeah. it just seems I'm concerned for him after this interview.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so how is he getting these women? So and he was like helping them like he was having them live there. So maybe they just needed. I don't rent? know. OK. Kind
1: of creeps me out. It's
0: very wrong. So police go to the other part owner of the racetrack, Randall. Now, it turns out this Randall is super shady. He had lied about the value of the racetrack when he had sold part of it as a partnership to Ken and then to Ed. And Ken and Ed were suing him. He was being investigated for fraud. And apparently, he had told people at a town hall meeting that he would kill Ken for this if Ken didn't let it go. And Ken was not letting it go. Mm. So there's super bad blood. So, and then at this right there's this there's a bar that's like on the campgrounds that the racetrack is it's all but is it
1: owned by the racetrack i thought it was the racetrack bar is that not no i think
0: it might be owned by whoever owns the campground which maybe is randall unsure okay it's all super no randall owns
1: the campground
0: it's somewhere you shouldn't go at night like are you sure yes the campground
1: oh well Yeah, maybe not.
0: It's like a bar hangout. And apparently there, Randall had said to Ken's face, I'm going to kill this mother effer, according to Ed, the pharmacist with the magical power over women. Mm -hmm. So several new suspects. We have Ed and we have Randall. And also, Randall, we keep seeing this horrible photo of him. He's not appearing on Dateline. And it looks like a mugshot. And that's the photo they keep showing us of him. I
1: think it is a mugshot, but it's so suspicious that that's what we see. I was like, okay, so it was Randall. Because right. it's like literally the yeah. first and the only photo we see yeah. is this mugshot. So
0: Randall agrees to talk to police with a lawyer, and which is his right.
1: Smart. Good Smart. idea.
0: It's a very good idea. And he says he was playing video games with his nephew that night. So police kind of move him to the back burner, but they're still not sure about him. Meanwhile, Cindy is in fear. She thinks her life is in danger and she's getting a little paranoid. She's calling detectives and 911 a few times saying there's a weird car in her driveway. Her doors were open and they shouldn't have been. She thought there was an intruder, but it turns out there wasn't an intruder.
1: Hmm.
0: Ken's brother, Don, who is, sits with Margaret during, m- mom Margaret during most of the interviews, a very yeah. sweet man. He tried to call Cindy to check on her and she never called him back. Then we see Lori, who is Ken's sister, and she will become a major part of the story. And she's lovely. Andrea says, Ken's sister Lori didn't particularly miss Cindy. Oh boy. Andrea, I love it. So she had never liked Cindy. And it started the very first time they spoke on the phone before they had even met. So Ken says, This is Cindy who I'm dating, and puts her on the phone. And then Cindy goes on and on about this romantic wedding that she had had with Ken. And his little sister, Lori, is like, they didn't get married. I know they didn't get married in Vegas. So Cindy is lying and elaborating this horrible story and doing it in a really weird condescending way. He's so romantic with me, but you're his little sister, Lori. You wouldn't know how romantic he can be.
1: That's a weird thing to say to somebody's. I mean, you have a brother. Is that weird? It's like super if somebody weird. said, if, "It's a, in the if tone." Heather said that.
0: I if I said it like, "Ew," I totally wouldn't know how. I know what you wouldn't know how romantic he is. That would be gross. Yeah. That would be normal. But if I said it almost like, "Aren't you jealous of how cool I am? Because your brother is so romantic with me," that's a little weird. Yeah. So and Lori knows they're not married. So Andrea is so excited about this hot goss. And she's like, did you call her out on it? And Lori's like, yep. And Andrea's like, this is the most awkward introductory phone call I've ever heard.
1: It's really bad.
0: Lori says, I know you didn't get married. And Lori, the way Lori talks is everything is hot gossip she's very enthused like she's telling a girlfriend about this really exciting story
1: she's amped too just in a different way than pam the two the two sisters are amped she's just not yelling
0: she's not yelling and she's but she's enthused and she's really bringing you into the story and she's a really good interview so Lori says just wait it gets worse To Andrea about the phone call. So she says when she called out Cindy on the fact that they had not gotten married, Cindy had been warm and loving and gentle voice. She flipped like that. And it was like her voice even changed. It was like Mm. talking to literally a different person when she called her out on the wedding thing. The wedding thing is confusing because part of me thought maybe they did get married and Ken just hadn't told Lori and Cindy was telling the truth. It seems like such a weird thing to lie about.
1: I thought the same thing. I have a question mark by that story. I don't want to argue with Lori. But I do think that there is a chance that they had two ceremonies, that they did actually get married very quick on a whim, because we know now that he go- he went to Vegas a lot. Mm-hmm. So this definitely could have happened. Yeah. But he didn't want to tell his sister that because he knew his mom would be disappointed. So it could be that this was all a show that, no, that didn't happen. But maybe he didn't inform Cindy, Cindy in time. Cindy, don't
0: tell my family. To
1: be like, don't tell Lori. And then Lori was like, he tells me everything. But maybe he didn't. Yeah. This might have just been a misunderstanding, It right? could have just
0: been a misunderstanding, but it put a bad taste in Lori's mouth. Of course
1: it did. So yeah. she just
0: automatically doesn't like it. Because somebody
1: lied to her, and she doesn't want to think it's her brother. Right. I totally get that. But that I can sense. also
0: see a real switch in personality and me voice too. the second you were called on something. That makes me very suspicious of Cindy.
1: That's not great either. It's like, yeah. ugh, there's like bad stuff on either side in this. Yeah. I don't know where to turn. Yeah. So.
0: Lori then finds out that Cindy was making arrangements with the funeral director to have Ken cremated. But mom, Margaret, our hero, is Catholic and already doesn't want to do cremation and already had a plot for Ken.
1: Oh, God. And
0: I was like, don't piss off Margaret. She's been through enough. Yeah, please. Don't hurt Margaret. On the other hand, the spouse does have the legal right to decide what to do with the body. But
1: Andrea puts it really nicely.
0: She never asked, talked to the mom, nothing like that. It's
1: rude. Especially you've only been married for three years. You should, you should, and he's close with his family. They're not estranged. Yeah. It's, it makes no sense to not. Mm -hmm. It's weird to not actually. That's odd.
0: To inform them. Like even if you're at odds with them,
1: even if you don't like them, it's still the right thing to do. Right. Yeah.
0: So police, had their eye on cindy since the beginning the first day when they spoke they thought she was very flat and strange she was highly medicated though but and we hear why don't they say that she sounds like fully. she sounds like she's been sedated fully but she was sitting in a recliner with her feet up which i thought was funny like very cozy comfy cozy because she's been sedated she's been sedated so but they thought her Just reactions were strange. Cindy had been recently trained in CPR, but she admits she never did CPR. Also, the white robe that she was wearing had no blood on it, so she never even went near his body. Oh, we've had this before. I never know. Everybody does something different. Everybody does something different in that situation. So police look at the camper, the duckling that she had slept in that night, and they see that it doesn't have AC. And it was summertime. It was in August. And that's when I started screaming, why are there Halloween decorations up in August? Why is that butler creepy butler? How-? I think he's there all the time.
1: He might just be there all the time. I have mannequins that are here all the time. Yeah, and it's creepy. It's creepy. They scare me sometimes. I go, oh! Huh. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, they don't look like that. Sorry, excuse me. My mannequins are sewing forms. They do not look like nose Nosferatu. I, yes. I don't yeah. have a Dracula yeah. one. Yeah.
0: But they feel like it would be way too hot to sleep in the camper. And the The camper also is painted black, which makes it a full-on hot box. I don't know if that's right. But doesn't
1: it also make it cozy? Yeah.
0: If you have, speaking for myself as someone who has sinus infections and headaches and migraines, and I know you've had headaches too, Mm -hmm. heat is not comfortable. You put cooling cloths on your head. I wouldn't want to be in a hot camper. No. That wouldn't be comfortable for me. But if you're sedated, maybe you just need to pass out. It doesn't matter where.
1: That's what I was th- – I think she's he- – and it's weird because they really don't go into what she's taken or what's happened. I think she's on – she hadn't slept in several days. She yeah. was – or not, hadn't slept well. Mm-hmm. So I think that she was on heavy stuff yeah. to go into the camper, right? Yeah. I don't so
0: know. The, at the farmhouse, the detectives notice a closed – basket like a laundry basket filled with paperwork which is strange and I have question. Cindy sees him looking at it and quickly covers the paperwork with something super sus
1: That's weird.
0: Turns out the paperwork is life insurance. Here we go. Mm,
1: okay. So
0: a few weeks after the murder Ken's family finds out that there was a will and everything goes to Cindy and they were shocked. Because A, he had only been married to her for a few years. B, he had four children that he completely cut out.
1: That feels wrong.
0: Yeah. So Pam, Cindy's sister, says, well, again, and she's screaming at Andrea. No, stop. Take it down a notch. She's trying. So she says, Cindy had given Ken money at the beginning of the relationship. She wasn't with him for money. So she thinks Cindy is perfect. She literally says, my sister is perfect. And that's your problem right there.
1: That's going to be hard.
0: No one is perfect.
1: No one is perfect. That's, that's a hard sentence.
0: Yeah. She says she was perfect. Ken cut the kids out of the will because he was mad at them for not liking Cindy. And okay. then she's screaming. August at night, it gets very chilly. That's why she was in the camper.
1: They do have a good conversation about weather right now. And
0: then Andrea is trying to get Pam to stop screaming and she's trying to be nice. And she says, Yeah, I mean, I'm here right now. It's August and it gets chilly at night. I'm from Canada and it does get chilly at night. Mm-hmm. So she agrees with Pam that it's possible it got chilly at night. Yeah. She says that Cindy was super agreeable with the cops. She understood that she was the spouse and they had to look at her. And she even agreed to a voice layer analysis, which is kind of like a lie detector, but it measures your voice, which is very You ever heard of that before? I've never heard of it. It's I'm sure not allowed in court like lie detectors, but it's a guide for police. There are lots of things now, like even I remember I'm making a murder season two. Kathleen Zellner has Stephen Avery do that test where his, like, brain is hooked up to electrodes or stuff while he's answering questions. Do you remember that?
1: I don't. It's
0: like a way more detailed lie detector that doesn't just do your heart rate and things like that.
1: Ooh, I gotta go back and look for that. I'm curious. It's very interesting. I can't
0: remember if, like, they were scanning his brain imagery to see if he's telling a lie. Anyways. weird. He passed, but whatever. So she cindy agrees to take this voice layer analysis and she gets a call from a detective who says we got your results back and from what i can see you did not shoot your husband
1: that's a i don't feel like you they can answer that i feel like they need to say you were not deceptive yeah we don't
0: she literally the woman on the phone we hear the recording and the female detective says it you did not i can say that you did not shoot your husband it's, that feels like you're not allowed. Again, it just feel like feels like you can't say, say that. that.
1: I feel like you get in trouble. Did so, she get fired? I feel bad. She might have gotten fired. She, That's bad. <laughs> I think she said the wrong thing and then it showed up on Dateline. Yeah, I know. And I think it might be that thing where she was like, I should not have said that.
0: I not have Shoot. It's like the kissing the dead dog on the side of the road when <laughs> it is, 17. And, she, yeah. and now
1: your biggest mistake is on Dateline. Oh, yeah. no.
0: So Cindy and Pam... They, well, according to Pam, again, Cindy is not on Dateline. Her sister Pam no, is her Pam. voice. Pam piece. is the
1: spokes is the spokesperson. Her loud voice, the very piece. loud megaphone.
0: Yeah. So she says they were putting up flyers all over town, offering a twenty five thousand dollars reward for information. And then a letter came in, and it came to Pam. I
1: wrote in all caps. Oh no! A letter? No letters? No <laughs> letters? That's what I wrote because every time we get a letter on Dateline,
0: it's v- worse, it's and it bad. makes things more confusing. And it's always creepy handwriting.
1: And it means you have to pause it. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I have to yeah. pause
0: it to write down what they're saying. Yeah. So if this letter is in incredibly strange block lettering. If anyone, like five people are going to get this. If anyone does cross stitching and you know what back stitching is, mm-hmm. it's where... It, you have a graph paper and you're only you're not making any curves so you're making up the letters using only straight lines basically oh, I see. Yes. so you can go up and down like a you can go all around the square and you can also go across the square diagonally but that's it so all letters are made up like that and that's how this person has written this letter
1: it looks like on a digital clock yeah where there's also no curves i think there's a print called digi there's a font called digi
0: print or
1: mm. digital mm that's what this looks like. Like they were trying to write in computer speak. I don't speak. <laughs> well, as a interestingly,
0: computer. there's not a lot of vowels and there's a lot of short texting kind of but the spelling is wrong too? The spelling is just horrendous. Oh, it says he won't give and give is G V E. So no I. He won't give up his bisque, but it's spelled B T C H. So he got hers, too, So he got hers is H-R-S, no E, and two is T-O instead of T-O-O. So he won't give up his bisque, so he got hers too. I don't know what that means.
1: I have no idea what that means. That's what the letter says?
0: Yes. So it, did he have... Did they, are they implying Ken had someone on the side and it, and maybe that person on the side had a Was boyfriend? Was a robot? Oh. Who didn't want he wanted Ken to give up her so then he got hers too like but like but no hers didn't get killed Cindy's still alive so what does he got hers too mean i don't know
1: why did they write that to the police
0: i don't know and then it says if you don't believe what i'm saying check out the baggie okay so there's a little i guess you'd call it a satchel like you'd put a necklace or yeah. some jewelry in, like one of those, yeah. li- maybe the ve- little velvet sacks.
1: If you buy something on Poshmark or Mercari, like a used piece of jewelry, often someone will buy the 30 pack of bags on Amazon and they'll put it in there with a little tissue and little note that says, thank oh,
0: you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: nice. But yeah, it's just.
0: But yeah, this one cool. it has a lone hair in it.
1: Barf. I don't and want that back.
0: the police test the hair and it turns out to be a pubic hair. Barf. Never seen that before on Dateline, I don't think. And Pam is again yelling this at Andrea. And Andrea's like, oh, God, what? And she's like, the hair wasn't Ken's. And Andrea's like, ew, who's the hair? And Pam is like, I don't know, but the detective said it was a pubic hair. So it's very upsetting conversation. It's not great. But Andrea does look like she's having fun because there are twists and turns. And we've this is she knows this is going to be a juicy episode. Yeah. Also, she seems fine with Pam. She does. I have to say Andrea seemed fine with Pam. It is us that do not like Pam yelling at Andrea.
1: I am okay with Pam. I'm going on the record because I feel bad for her because I don't think she knows how she sounds. And again, I think she maybe sounds worse on TV.
0: I think so, I don't know too. how
1: intense it was when you're actually sitting there. You're just seeing somebody that's very forthright and passionate. But the, something in the editing of how calm Andrea is. And right. Her being just she came in hot. Mm-hmm. She came in hot and defensive. Yeah. So that's hard to watch. Right. Yeah. And then never went down. She do you remember the Matt Damon being who's the judge? Who's the judge with the trial? Matt Damon came to Saturday Night Live and did. Judge Edo? No, he did the judge. That's just the man on the Supreme Court that had the trial with Blasey Ford, the woman.
0: Oh, J- Kavanaugh.
1: Kavanaugh. Matt Damon did this SNL sketch. What he says, I, the first thing he says is, "I'm gonna start it at eleven. And we're gonna take it up to a thirteen real quick, <laughs> like that." That's kind of Pam yeah. starts at a nine, yeah, and then never goes down to a six,
0: even during like pleasant memories. And that's what's strange is it's usually on Dateline, like they get amped about the very sad, upsetting stuff. But then they tell better memories, happy memories, and they're calm and smiling. She's never like
1: that. She's pissed.
0: She's pissed. She's
1: royally ticked.
0: She's royally ticked. And it could be a regional thing as well. But again, I know people that live in the Midwest. My whole family's from the Midwest. And some of them are loud, but they're not aggressively loud. They're just kind of loud and they don't but I could see that there are a few people in my family that might be aggressively loud.
1: Aggressively loud. Yeah. And again, maybe be unaware.
0: Yes, be unaware. Yeah. yeah. So detectives don't know what to think about this letter. And they do send the test off for the hair off for testing, but they get no results from it.
1: Oh my they, god. So what's the point of sending the hair? There's yeah. no results? Great. Yeah.
0: So who sent the letter? It is again the letter is the new note which was the New Jersey Shore. One day at the club, Ron put his head between the breasts of a cocktail waitress. No more letters. No more letters. So a year passes, and Ken's dad is dying at the nursing home, and he tells Lori, Ken's sister, you need to figure out who killed Ken, which is so sad, but also a horrific amount of pressure to put on Lori as your dying wish. So Lori is like, I need to take charge. The family is falling apart. I need to do this. And now Cindy and Ken's kids are in court over his estate. So Lori needs to, she's like, what do I do? Jessica Fletcher time. This is my moment. She's like, but where do I start? I don't know anything. So she says, it's all, and she's doing the gossipy thing. And she worked in computers in her career. So she decides to gather data. She sent the letter. She what?
1: She sent the letter. The letter looked like a computer printout.
0: No, it was handwritten. In
1: computer speak.
0: Maybe. You think yeah, Lori sent yeah, the letter?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I'm Who's just saying. Whose cube was it? You don't believe in coincidences. And that was a weird robot letter. <laughs> just saying. So All right.
0: Lori decides to gather data. She's like, what do I know how to do? I know how to gather data. She flies to Wisconsin because remember she lives in Washington. She starts right. knocking on doors. She goes to all the neighbors. Everyone says you need to talk to this neighbor, Mark, who was also involved in the racetrack business. So Mark said, "I know there's so many people. Oh my God." So yeah. Mark says Ken had been acting super on edge before the murder, and uh, one day Ken had me go to the house to check on something when he was out of town, and the locks had been tampered with. So he says. So Lori says, did you tell the police about all of this, that he had been acting so on edge? And Mark says, the police never talked to me. Oh, boy. So that's our first where we start to get angry with the police. Yeah. So in one day, Lori has found a new suspect, maybe motive, new, and just just information. new information. Right. So Lori thought the will looked fake. Mm. So do a lot of people. Mm -hmm. The witness that had signed the will that gave everything to Cindy was Ed the pharmacist, the one with the harem of exotic dancers for some reason. Oh, no. Lori goes to Ed and says, what happened when you signed this will that gave everything to Cindy? And Ed says, wait for it, I never signed a will. So Ed could have been stoned and forgot. Thank you. (laughs) But he checks the date and his calendar and the date that the will was signed, both he and Ed were working very long hours at the pharmacy all day. So when Ed and Ken signed the will that gave everything to Cindy, they were both at work all day. So Hmm. Lori takes the will to a handwriting expert who is like 99% sure it's forged. She can't say with all certainty because she doesn't have an original will that they know is real, I guess. So she thinks it's forged. Lori goes and talks to everyone, even people who might be suspects, and she doesn't care if it's dangerous. She, Lori is a bad lass. She is super cool and she's her curper borrowing it. <laughs> it's easier to say Jessica Fletchering it.
1: She's Miss Marpleing it. She's
0: Miss Marpleing it. She talks to Mark, the partner in the racetrack. Sorry, not Mark, Randall. Mark is another guy in the racetrack. She talks to Randall. No, Mark's not
1: in the racetrack. He's kind of in the racetrack, but really he's the neighbor that said that the locks were tampered with. Right.
0: Randall is the one who got Ken involved in the first place, and they were suing him for fraud. They go, she goes, We don't know
1: any more details than that.
0: He's shady. He's being sued for fraud. He lied about the property. And we see what might be a mugshot as his main photo on Dateline.
1: But we don't know anything about what he lied about. I have no idea. So, I think this is a much bigger story than I two hours. So. Yeah.
0: So they go to the bar where he is. Yeah. And she, Lori is describing this to Andrea with such glee. She feels like such a cool chick. She feels like cool hand Luke. She says, it was like an old Western. I walked into the bar. I push open like the saloon doors yeah. and I, everyone in the bar stops talking. It's so cool. she taps Randall on the shoulder and he looks like he had seen a ghost. She asks, do you know anything about the murder? He says, no, I didn't do anything to the murder. I never hurt Ken. But you know what? Cindy is super shady. And when she would come to visit the racetrack before Ken bought into it, she looked around like, how can I get my hands on all of this? She she basically had money signs in her eyes like Scrooge McDuck. That was his perception of how Cindy was acting at the racetrack. Hmm lori starts complaining to the police are you on top of this why haven't you done this a big question she has which we all have why didn't they test cindy's hands for gunshot residue that's like literally the most basic thing you could do
1: yeah it really is that's the one and they always don't they never do it
0: it's like 101 so also they handed the house back over to cindy after 36 hours And they tell Andrea they think they did their due diligence. Okay. They think in 36 hours they searched this 105-acre property and the biggest farmhouse I've ever seen. Okay. So, and they are not happy that Lori is playing detective, but they're really not happy that she's calling them on stuff. Yeah. when. Andrea's like, you know, she's finding stuff. And then one detective goes, well, I'd like to see her findings. You know, she tried to talk to you and you guys didn't want to talk to her. And now you're making fun of her.
1: I don't know anything of the sort. I don't know. What did she find? I didn't see anything. I hate that kind of attitude. Drives me crazy. Yeah.
0: And they say she got in the way of their investigation.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. By
0: finding people that you hadn't talked to and asking questions.
1: Also, how many years had it been at that point?
0: It's only been a
1: couple at this point. But it's still been a couple.
0: It's been a couple. And it's like...
1: Years, not months. Yeah, a couple
0: years. Yeah. So at this point, we're all just mad and frustrated. And it's only going to get worse, which is why we're going to take a break. I'm not that mad yet. It's going to get so much crazier, you guys, because Eddie Munster is coming back.
1: Yeah, Eddie Munster comes in part two. We have um, some more wi- drugs? wild stories. Drugs also, in part side two. note,
0: while we're all upset, does anyone else, when they see that Scientology commercial with David Miscavige, scream at the TV, where's your wife, David? Because I do.
1: There's a Scientology commercial?
0: Yeah, it plays constantly here.
1: And On he's, what? He's On in what a channel? Suit.
0: It was playing during the Dateline.
1: Why would he be in a Scientology right? Is it because the Danny Masterson trial is happening and they're trying to get good press?
0: I don't know. It's
1: You should not be in it. You should just have Tom Cruise do yeah, exactly. it. Because honestly, it will look better.
0: Yeah, it will look better. But I literally scream out loud, whether I'm by myself or with my family. Where's I go, your where's your wife, David?
1: Where is Shelly?
0: I get really mad. And then my dad makes me watch the parody joining video that's on saturday night live which is brilliant if anyone hasn't seen it it's like an 80s religion that people have joined and it keeps pausing on people's faces and being like disappeared in arizona (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) was arrested for selling uh, you know poisonous flowers oh, the that's weirdest wh- stuff uh, oh,
1: i'm wondering if it's also too because mike rinder who was you know really high up and defected alongside to you know who mike rinder is the right? one who he did was, the show
0: with Leah Remini. he was yeah and yeah. he was
1: like really really high up he was Miscavige's um like right hand Like
0: muscle. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. he was and the threatening guy. He would threaten Yes. Really he
1: would. Big. He had some, he did some pretty gnarly stuff, but he just wrote like a tell all book, a big oh. book. And so he's been doing a tour of it.
0: Oh. So
1: I'm wondering too, are they recently been playing? Because maybe yeah. they caught, okay, that's why. Because there's like a few things happening right now that is, they have to do a push because. With the Danny Masterson trial and with the Mike Rinder's book coming out simultaneously, I think there's one more.
0: Yeah, and Leah's lawsuit out there. too. Oh yeah. Also, that cult, that acting class cult that I told you about, that when we went to that show and I knew a bunch of people in it. I'm dying was, to know. It, she was Scientology. She got a bunch of people in it. Yeah. I'll send you the article. It's a Vanity Fair expose. And there's also a podcast about they did two was she episodes. Was a branch on her.
1: off of Scientology or actual Scientology?
0: She, actual Scientology. No, but then she kind of started her own.
1: Branch underneath? Yeah. Separate out. She took all of her students, the
0: really rich, the ones who could pay, she got them to sell their cars, got them to be homeless oh so that they would go to Thailand with her on this like Buddhist retreat. And she was sleeping with like instructor the whole time. She's like super abusive and would throw things and slap students, ruin people's lives. And I know her. I've met her several times.
1: Can we talk about the play in, in And way? the play. We would like to talk about if you would like us this month on Patreon for a Thanksgiving treat to talk (laughs) about this acting cult in Los Angeles. Let us know because I would be so down.
0: And I don't care if she comes after me because she doesn't have any of my secrets. She would get people to reveal their deepest, darkest secrets. I know that's what they always do. And then she would reveal them in front of the whole class to everyone and then threaten them if they would leave that she would tell people. Yeah.
1: Just be careful out there in this world, guys. Just if people are asking you for money. Yeah. Meanwhile, join our Patreon. And <laughs> check out our Supercast because we do give you something for it. And yeah. we don't say that we're going to heal your personality or no. whatever and clear you of thetans. No. You're gonna and- be, yeah, we don't do anything like that. But we have some funny stuff on there. We yeah. Do, we don't we do ask fun you to stuff. disown
0: your family members. If you're we doing do not.
1: Against. And we do not then call you. What is it called when people leave? You're a uh, suppressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah it's fine Uh, so thank you so much for listening and make sure you join us for the episode two on friday it's gonna be just as wild
1: it's going to be great and make sure you watch this episode too
0: oh my god so good
1: yeah it's really it's a great job andrea
0: so good yes amazing so thank you everybody we'll see
1: you on friday bye bye Have you, this ever happened to you? I went to the pharmacy. This happened when I first got to Tennessee. I went to the pharmacy to get a medication and they said, well, we only have 28. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously it's a month prescription. Right. It's 30 pills. Yeah. They had 28.
0: That's strange. I mean, I've had them be out of my medication but before. But have you had
1: them be out of
0: two? Right. No, that's strange. <laughs>
1: to me, I was like, so who took them like that was i didn't know what else i was like did someone did they go missing Missing? in quotes and i was very suspicious and i changed pharmacies because of it and i'm not known to cause a kerfuffle yeah and i was like this feels weird yeah that you're missing two and then they gave it to me they were like well we'll just give you the 28 and i was like are you gonna give me the two yeah okay it was a weird it was a weird deal (laughs) And I would like to talk to some of Ed's customers.
0: There is a pharmacist that I don't trust at my pharmacy, but I there trust is. all the others. But I, she's always in a fight with a customer right next to me whenever I'm picking up. Oh, like, no, but that's but bad. It's it's not a fight that she's causing. They She just doesn't understand what's happening with anything, with the medications, with people's insurance. So everyone gets frustrated with her. I have even found myself getting frustrated with her. And I don't like that side of myself. So She I'm,
1: doesn't understand what? what, what really, her job is
0: she's not yeah she's just not all there it's
1: hard it's pharmacy is hard. hard how
0: did she do it i don't know how she did it but i don't feel totally i feel like i need a double check i feel like there should be like a systems in place in government there's a person underneath there like, is like with a nuclear code like two people have to turn the key to launch the nuclear subs there and is so a double check
1: in place in pharmacy
0: i would assume so There has to be because this lady I don't trust and Ed I super don't trust.